Hey, welcome to Bible study. Good to see everybody tonight. How are you doing? That's great to be back. And we're just going to take a few moments and pray and ask God's blessing on our time. Father, thanks for meeting with us tonight. Thanks for being here. Thanks for filling us with your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that we'd be overflowing tonight with you and uh, that you would speak in an overflow tonight into our spirits. Speak, God, in an overflow into our hearts, our minds. God, we ask you that we would be receiving full and overflowing all that you want to say and all that you want to do. So we ask that you'd have your way. Pray, God, that we would be open and ready to receive, really just wide open vessels uh, to receive of what you want to pour out tonight. Thanks. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for your Holy Spirit. Thanks for teaching us. Thanks for your revelation. Thanks for your understanding. Thanks for your love tonight. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. As you're opening up there, I just want to share, we do have an interactive feature with Bible study. Uh, It's through a website. It's at www.speak.com. Pipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash Monday Night Bible Study, all one word, and you can toggle a button there and leave us a message. It could be a statement, a question, it could be just something sharing, it could be an exclamation, whatever you'd like to share, it could be as simple as hello, uh, maybe where you're from, uh, maybe a question that you had, maybe a comment, maybe something good that God's doing, but we'd love to hear from you, so... Drop us a line and leave us a message. We'll endeavor to play it at a meeting. Genesis chapter 37. I need a volunteer to read verse 4. All right, thanks. All right, this is uh, talking about Joseph and growing up in the house of Israel. His father. Uh, we know that uh, Joseph, this is his story. And there's some congruency between Joseph's story and Jesus' story. But I was thinking about that when I wrote that down, because I wrote the little equals with the squiggly over it for congruent. Because it's not quite equal, it's just sort of the same. And so I was thinking about how the story of Jesus is sort of the same as our story in many ways, most of us, because it's a story of being humbled and exalted, kind of going through seasons of life, good times, bad times, hard times, easy times. I mean, that's the story of Joseph. He, uh, if you know his story, you got uh, tribulation, but then you have exaltation. And, And you think about the story of most Christians is that we go through some kind of tribulation before we find our way into the kingdom. And so the, the story of redemption is really a story. That's Jesus' story. And Joseph re- represents that. And he reflects that story of redemption. He reflects that story of what it is to not start off so great in the adult part of his life and then be faithful and do what he did and be obedient and then come out uh, in charge of one of the greatest empires that the world knew at that time. So somehow, some way, and if you read a story and you understand a story, you know how 
that God intervened and God brought this about in his life. It's a story of redemption. And so this is the beginning part of the story. Uh, scholars, whoever they are, uh, would, think jo- they would think Joseph's around 17 years old at this point in his life. His younger brother, Benjamin, uh, would be around four or five years old at this time. So that's kind of how the family's going. Uh, some of his brothers are adults. I mean, they're all adults by their standards. So he's got all these brothers, adult brothers. He's got this kid, he's 17 years old. And his little, little brother, who's four or five years old at this time. And so this is the story as it's happening. And it begins with the idea of jealousy. And and if you were going to define jealousy, how would you define that? And it doesn't have to be like a textbook definition, but how do you define jealousy? Oh, envy. Envy? All right. Envy of what, though? Somebody else, though, right? So, so in order, if there's going to be jealousy or envy, there's going to be somebody else involved. And, and so it requires the perception, your perception of somebody else, my perception of somebody else, for there to be some kind of jealousy. I, I guess the textbook definition uh, has to do with resentment. Resentment against another. And the another, that other is important in this. Because it requires somebody else. And so we, we resent them for whatever, like you mentioned, status, position, power, favor, whatever. It could be anything. It has to be something you want, though, right? So whatever tweaks your button to go off, your alarm, that's what it's going to stand out to you in what, whoever the other is. And what's interesting about it is that, that that person that maybe tweaks your alarm off of whatever it is, your jealousy alarm, they may or may not actually live in that. They may or may not actually be that. They may or may not actually possess what you think they possess, but you perceive that, you see that, and so that alarm is tripped off, and so it begins to move in you and begins to grow in you as jealousy, envy, resentment. Resentment is a condition of the heart. It's, our, it's a condition of our heart when we begin to resent people. I heard a guy talking today, and, and he, was, he was talking about thoughts. Yeah, he was a scientist, so he, he brought up emotions a little bit, and he, he, he says the emotions are kind of hard to quantify, and so he deals mainly in thoughts. But, of course, that bleeds over in us as to what that means when we begin to think about emotions and all that. But as he was talking about thoughts, he, he made a statement that really stuck with me. And he, he was talking about how thoughts, they kind of come and go in us. And we make decisions about what thoughts that we're going to really think about, really hold on to, and what thoughts just pass right through. Because we don't really necessarily control the thoughts that pass on through. So in other words, something may come up, may pass through, and we can make a decision, we're going to dwell on that. We can make a decision, we're going to think really hard about that, and that that's going to begin to really irritate us if we think really hard about it. 
Or if we let those thoughts go, then they pass on wherever that river takes them and wherever they go into nothingness, really, because, I mean, unless for some reason you remember that, how you think about how many thoughts pass through your mind in one day. And the process of selection on the ones that you choose to dwell on, that's completely up to you. And so because that's up to you, ultimately you have a choice as to what you're going to allow to fill your brain space and your time. Now some people are better at this than others. That's a fact. The second thing he said that really, nothing in what I just said is new, new information. But the second thing that he said that I thought was really good because I've really never heard people articulate this very much. Uh, he was describing a conversation he was having with a man who was in his 40s. And in, the man said that as when he was 41 years old, and he recalls it really well, he said, when I was 41 years old, I had my first thought, and it was awesome. And what he meant by that was that it was a thought that he actually put into his own head, something he chose to think about, something that he chose to dwell on, something he chose to put into his consciousness, into his mind, and to actually think about when he was 41 years old. And so for 40 years, he had run with whatever was going through his head. Whatever had drifted through, he would latch onto some things, he let some things go, this random idea about, well, you know, why am I doing that? Never really thought about it. But for some reason decided one day, he was really gonna consider, okay, well, why do I hold on to certain things and why do I let certain things go? And then had the great idea, maybe I should think about something I want to think about now. And he put a thought into his head and he thought about it. You know, the Bible talks about this process. I'm not suggesting this guy's made this up. But when the Bible talks about whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, you know, it goes down a whole list of things like that. On these things dwell. All right? So that means as those kind of thoughts pass through your mind, that's what you should be dwelling on. As those things drift through what you're thinking about, whatever's beautiful and whatever's good and whatever's wholesome, to dwell on those things, to choose that, to make that decision. And in a radical idea, why wouldn't we take something good and something beautiful and something wholesome and choose to think about that as a matter of your choice? It's confusing to me, and it's because I don't struggle with this so much, how random thoughts can take over a person's mind. And I'm sure there's reasons for it. I'm sure there are. And, and, we can, and people have debated this for a long time. They'll talk about which is more important, what you're thinking about or what you're doing. And to me, that the two sides of the same coin. Because 
you, what you're doing can affect what you're thinking about, but what you're thinking about can affect what you're doing, right? So, as, as, and I'm not going to really discuss that too much, but I just want you to think about that for a second and choose to think about this for a second. That's what I mean when I say stuff like that. It's like, choose to think about it. Put that thought into your own mind. So they're dealing with this resentment, this jealousy. And the reason is, is that they, they, they had perceived something. And what they had perceived is they saw, and that, that's the word used in that verse, the brothers saw their father's, what, words? Yeah. The father's looks, his gestures, his behavior. They perceived by their father's behavior that Joseph was his darling child. That's what they perceived. And so as they perceived that and as they decided to dwell on that, the Bible tells us they envied him, they became jealous. So what did they see? Well, they saw him honored by, what was one of the ways he was honored in a physical way? You remember the story of Joseph? He had the coat, right? Uh, the, the amazing Technicolor dream coat, according to the musical. Yeah. And so that was something that they saw. That was something real and tangible that they could see that the father had given him, their father had given Joseph this nice coat, this loud coat, this colorful coat. And so it was something real. It was something that they could actually see. The literal word for that is a motley coat. Motley. That's a great word. Without the umlaut, it's not directly associated with the band. Okay? Without the gratuitous umlaut. So motley, in and of itself, anybody know what motley means? Yeah, diversity of elements. Yeah, that's what I meant. So his motley coat was a diversity of elements, whatever that means. That's how it was made. And so I, I don't know that it was really an amazing Technicolor dream coat. I don't know that. But it was definitely motley. And so because it was motley, it was something different. It was something that not everyone had. In fact, not anyone had. He did. And the father chose to honor him with that. So here he is, a 17-year-old kid. These are adults. His brothers are adults. All right? Don't forget that. These are not other kids. They're, they're grown men. Grown men. You can add your own emphasis in that. They're grown men. And, and they're, they're jealous of this 17-year-old kid because their dad liked him. They perceived that he, the, the, the father liked him. Now, what was the, the, the part that made it jealousy, though? Is it just the fact that the father liked Joseph? Israel liked Joseph? Is that the problem? What makes it the problem? Because they could have perceived that. They said, oh, oh, dad really likes Joseph. Look, he has that really nice coat. 
Where does the jealousy part come in? More than them. More than them, right. The comparison piece. Let's add the comparison piece on that. Boom. Now, comparison, if you look it up in, the, in a dictionary or something, is an action. It's an act. And so some, they, they acted to compare. This is an activity in their mind to compare how they perceived Israel thought about Joseph compared to how Israel thought about them. Remember, these are grown men worried about this. And so, so because of the comparison... Because of the comparison, they hated him, according to this scripture. Yeah. Well, they had the dream, right? The dream where they all bowed down to him. Well, right. But you know what? That, but this is, this is kind of interesting because they hated him even before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, we haven't even got there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like they hated him before that. That just multiplied. That amplified it. Because it was the truth, all right? And that's what amplified that. And think about how they justified it, too. Because it was Rachel's son. Right. Not their mother's son. That was only their half-brother. How dare dad, like, diss mom like that. So they had all kinds of justifications for it, I'm sure. Right. Now, these are grown men, though. <laughs> these are grown men worried about this 17-year-old kid. And, and his coat. And so they, they compared themselves, but they hated him with a hatred that was so deep, they didn't even try, they didn't even bother to try to hide it. They just hated him. And it would have been in their best interest to hide it. I mean, normally, if you think about that, if you're in a family situation, let's say you're together for the holidays or something, and something comes up, and it's, a, it's an arguing point, what's your best course of action? Just don't say anything, right? Right? It's in your own best interest. Seriously, that's, that's self-preservation. Yeah. They couldn't even do that. They couldn't even hide it. They couldn't even not say anything. They hated him so much. They envied him so much. They, they were so jealous of him. These grown men were so jealous of this boy that they couldn't even speak to him. They couldn't even say hi to him. Couldn't do it. Not even for their best interest. Not even for what would benefit them. They couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. Just hated him. They couldn't hide it. You see, the comparison was is that Israel loved Joseph more than fill in the blank with each of their names. Israel loved Joseph more than each one of them. And so that coat, that motley coat that I mentioned, that distinguished him from the rest of them in their minds. He has the coat, we don't. <coughs> All right. Now you think about, you brought up Rachel. She was the best loved. I mean, he got cheated. That's how he ended up with Leah. Right? Is it? Yeah. 
as he got cheated. And so he had to go, he had to stay an extra, like, twice as long for Rachel. And so, and so there was this idea, it's like, well, Rachel was also favored. And Joseph was Rachel's son. And so the mother was best loved. He was also a son of Israel's older age, too. So, so for a few different reasons, the, the younger of the two, because their mother was best loved, they were also best loved for whatever reasons. And so what is the key to this? What's the problem? I mean, I can justify him being upset. Can't you? I mean, seriously, can't you justify them being upset? These grown men that are worried about this 17-year-old kid that has a multicolored coat, a motley coat? I mean, you can justify that in your head, right? I can. What's wrong with it? The reason we can justify it in our heads is because it's a process that most of us live in. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying it is. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying it's what happens. Comparison is a problem. Right. Assuming that you should have what someone else has and more. Right. And, and the issue is the comparison. Because the facts of the matter are the facts of the matter. Does, does he love? It's well established that the father loved Rachel more than he loved his other wife. We knew that. And, and even his father-in-law knew that. That's why he dumped the other one on him first. Because he knew he would stay and work for the other one. Right? I'm not, I'm not saying anything you don't know, right? That's what happened. So that's a fact. So he, that's true. And so he did give Joseph that coat, right? We know that. That's a fact. We know that Joseph was born of the favorite mother. So we know that's a fact, too. And we know that Joseph was born in his old age. We know that's a fact. So all of those things are facts. And we know that Israel loved Joseph. That's a fact. All those things are facts. What's the problem? The facts aren't the problem. Comparison's the problem. It's these grown men, these grown men that are worried because dad likes Joseph more than he likes them in their perception. Because Joseph got the coat. So, so now they're upset. So now they're dwelling on it. So now there's a comparison that's going on. So now there's bitterness. So now there is anger and hatred. To the point they couldn't even be civil with Joseph. They couldn't even say hi to him. That's how much hatred there was there. Through that comparison. Now, we know this is a human condition. How do you know that? Because you saw it. You can see it in the disciples. With Jesus. I mean, you got the disciples. They're supposed to be, you know, close to Jesus and everything. Well, they went through the same thing. There were certain of the disciples that were closer to Jesus than other disciples. There just were. Peter, James, and John were closer to Jesus than the other disciples were, and he took them places, and he, he did certain things with them. 
Now, am I looking at that and saying, okay, well, you know, th there's a problem with that? There's no problem with that. It's just the facts. The problem comes is when Bartholomew decides to drop a comparison because he's not Peter, James, or John. The problem is if Matthew draws up, if Levi draws up a comparison because he's not Peter, James, or John, that's the problem. You know, that's when the argument starts about who's the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's going to be sitting at Jesus' right hand and left? Right? The sons of thunder, their mama, they went to find out. She went to find out. So that's when the problem happens. So we need to make a decision in our lives, and this is where I'm starting to get to here, about what we're going to dwell on and what matters. What we're going to choose to dwell on, what we're going to choose to think about, what we're going to choose to let occupy our brain space. Because what we allow to occupy our brain space begins to affect us emotionally. It begins to affect us physically. It begins to affect us in ways that we, we don't want to be affected. And I know that. You know, I got problems with my blood sugar. And when I am under stress, my blood sugar goes up 30 to 40 points a day. I have a physical reaction to an emotional issue. I know that. And, and I mean... People look at the doctor, I was like, oh, sure. You probably just ate, you know, a cake or something last night. No, I didn't eat a cake last night. It's a real thing. It's a real thing I'm talking about. And we make decisions in our own minds. We make decisions about what we're going to accept and what we're going to dwell on. These brothers, man, they got into a group think about this, and they decided they were going to dwell on it. What does that tell you about the dynamics of groups, too? How does that affect what you Not think about? Hmm? Not cool. Yeah, well, you start talking to somebody, you start chit-chatting, you start, you know, blah, 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 blah about something, and they start blah, 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 and then you say blah, 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 and then they say blah, 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 and then all of a sudden you get yourself all worked up about what? Blah, 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 right? When, when if it was just you and you chose not to dwell on it, blah, 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 and it just passes through your brain space and goes away wherever it goes, Good. Let it go. And so those conversations are something you need to guard against in order to get y'all worked up over blah, blah, blah. Right. Because it doesn't matter. That Joseph had a coat didn't matter. That the father liked Joseph didn't matter. That the father liked Benjamin didn't matter. That the father liked Rachel didn't matter. None of it mattered. They were all sons of the same father. They all participated in the same family. They all had the same rights and responsibilities within that family. And they were grown men. <laughs> and worried about this. Worried about this. And they showed him no kindness at all. And, and that... That phrase literally means they gave him not one kind word. Not one. 
So in other words, they they couldn't even say, they couldn't bid peace to him. Now, if you don't know anything about that part of the world, when you greet someone in that part of the world, even to this day, you greet them with peace. If it's shalom, salam, whatever it is, you're saying peace. And that's how people greet each other. They couldn't even do that. Not even a high. Nothing. Nothing. And so it's just such a sign of hostility. Some of the words that they give as a picture are cross, surly, ill-natured, no common courtesy, quarreling. That was their attitude, their nature, and their language that they gave to Joseph. And so what happened? Tell me the rest of the story. Joseph had dreams. Joseph had dreams. Well, God bless Joseph. God loved Joseph too, right? And that's evident through the rest of the story and the whole story of Joseph's life. God loved Joseph too, and and so, um, and so he had dreams. God spoke to him in dreams, and he was naive enough to share the dreams with a bunch of guys that couldn't even be bothered to say hi to him. Isn't this cool? Yeah, he's all excited about it. Are they excited? No. They couldn't be bothered to say hi to him before. What are they going to do now? They're going to start talking about killing him now. Yeah. Yeah, because they made the mistake of a comparison. They made the mistake of a comparison. And we cannot afford to make the same mistake. You just can't. You can live your whole life, your whole life, upset <laughs> if you choose to, over nothing. Just over nothing. And, and you can say, oh, it's easy for you to say, is it? I don't think it's easy for me to say. I think I make a decision about not living like that. I think I make a decision about not living, in, in certain areas of my life at least, not living in competition. I make that decision. I don't live in competition. I don't live in comparison. But I have to actively decide that as I choose which thoughts I'm going to dwell on and I'm going to retain, which are just going to pass on through. <laughs> Because the bottom line to all of this is that where this leads is nowhere good. It's nowhere good for anybody. It's nowhere good for you and your heart and your life and your spirit and in who you are. And it's no good for the person that you're hating either. Hatred is such a, a hard emotion because it just eats you up. People get old quick hating people. They just do. And you can see them just getting old hating people. You watch them get old. And it's too bad. They don't have to. They don't have to do that. And if you've ever known anybody that's bitter, 
You ever known anybody that's like that, that is living in that kind of weird jealousy and comparison and and living like the world is against them and living like they've gotten the short end of the stick all the time and all the rest of that kind of stuff? Man, they, some, some people I've known like that look 20, 30 years older than they really are. I'm serious. I, I mean, it sounds like I'm kind of making that up. I'm not even making that up, man. And, and it's too bad. You don't have to live like that. Nobody has to live like that. And where does it get you? Where, does it get you number one? You're going to be number one? Because you live in comparison? Is that that's what's going to happen? You, you're, all of a sudden, because you're worried about it, and you're a rude person, and you're mean, and, and, and you're living like this, and you hate people, you're going to be number one for hating everybody? No. People don't like people like that. Sorry. And they stay away from people like that. Well, as much as they can. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, some are part of your family, so you got to see them, you know. I understand that. But we want to get away from it. So what's the answer? I gave you the answer. What's the answer? Well, if you make a decision, then how do you back it up? Making a decision, that's good. You know, saying, okay, I want to live a different way, but how do you do it? How do you back that up? Who's in control of what's in your head? Huh? Right. Right. And you've got to back that up. All right? Now, I know, I know some of you have learned tools on how to do this. Awesome. I do. I know you have. And I, and I think that's great. Because I think some of us learn to do it better uh, for whatever reasons, the way we grew up. We, we have... We have a different level of mental discipline or whatever you would call it. I don't even know what you call it. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm just saying that that may be the case. Uh, it, it may be easier for some of us than others. And I, I don't discount that at all. I understand that. But ultimately, we're responsible for what we're dwelling on. We are. And, and however we get rid of that and however we shift our attention, however... We, we maybe put a different thought into our own minds. I don't care if you're 40 years old. Maybe this will be the day you, you have your first thought. Awesome. Like that guy I was, I was hearing a story about. 41 years old, he had his first thought. Good. First thought he ever put into his own head. Didn't just drift through. My thought. Good. Boom. Boom. And if you're, if you're used to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, then you know what it is for a thought to be put into your mind. You know what that is. Let it happen. You know, all the things we talk about with we're moving in the Spirit, all the things we're talking about with spiritual vision, all the things we're talking about with, with God you know, prophetically speaking through us or, or moving in the Spirit, they all have to do with that. You know, that's not an original, that, that's not something that passes through your mind. It's God putting that into your mind. It's God putting that into your consciousness. It's God putting that into your reality and you choosing to go with that. I choose this. I'm going. And let it go. But you can't drift to do that. 
you purpose it. And for some of us, it's as simple as we need to stop just drifting all the time. I mean, I don't mind drifting here or there, but we can't drift all the time. You can't be led by whatever pops into your head. You can't be led by whatever emotion you feel. You can't be led by whatever selfish inclination that you have. We're not animals. We're people. And if we're going to live as people, there's a certain discipline we need to have over our being. And I want to encourage you toward that tonight. And I hope I don't come across as this being super simple, because I don't know that in practicality it is. But I do want to come across as this being simple in concept, and simple in idea, and simple in understanding. That's what I want to come across as. The practicality of it depends on who you are. So these, again, grown men, they're grown men. They take their brother, they're going to kill him. Reuben steps up and says, let's just sell him to the Egyptians, or these traders that are passing by, and then we'll fake his death, we'll tell our father he's dead, and at least he'll still be alive but in slavery somewhere, and that's what they did. They got rid of him. So from Joseph's we always do this from Joseph's perspective, right? This story. Like, I wonder what Joseph was thinking. I mean, he's turned on by his brothers. They sell him into slavery. He's, he's uh, working in slavery and all this other <laughs> stuff. And then the story follows him and stuff. But you think about this from the brothers' perspective. It's like, what was driving them? Jealousy? Comparison? Envy, anger, I mean, so angry, such a lack of kindness, they couldn't even utter a kind word to him. And that was how they were living in the family. And so their solution to all of this, their solution, because they hated him, to sell him into slavery and fake his death. Problem solved. Except for, was that really problem solved? No. Because no. as soon as Joseph was out of the picture, the father really started loving all of them, right? More? No. He got them all a coat no. afterwards? No? Oh, that's not what happened? No. Problem wasn't solved? No. no. Right. Right. Do you kind of get it? <laughs> I know, I want you to really think about that for a second. Do you get it? Because what they thought was going to solve the problem didn't solve the problem. Why? Because the problem was really in them. The comparison was their issue. Well, it wasn't a problem until it was a problem. Right. There is no problem. The problem's in their heart. And that didn't go away when they sold Joseph into slavery. Same problem. Same problem. And so if we're unwilling to deal with the problem, it'll just crop up again. Somewhere else. Some other way. Somehow. 
there'll be another comparison. There'll be another envy. There'll be another jealousy. There'll be somebody else. I'm jealous of my sister. Okay, now I'm jealous of my friend. Okay, now I'm jealous of the person I work with. Okay, now I'm jealous of this other thing. When does it stop? It doesn't stop. It doesn't. It's just constant and constant and constant. There's never a solution. You need to hate it. We're just talking about Joy Dawson. Fear of the Lord is what? The hatred of, you remember this? Sin. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of sin. Gotta hate it. Just gotta hate it. I'm not in competition with you. It's not. I hate that part of me. This is me talking. You know, Andy? <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate that part of me. To the point I, I won't feed it. That my life used to be different because I enjoyed certain things and activities that I can't do anymore because I won't feed it. Why won't I feed it? Because I hate it. I don't want it to live in me. And so I'm going to do everything I can do that's within my power to not feed that and not dwell on that and not live in it anymore, however it manifests. That's a long road, man. So I I don't know what else to tell you. Because <laughs> I know most of you here, and you're beautiful. I'm talking to you, Don. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. But it's, yeah. Right. And, and people tear themselves up worried about something that they don't even need to be worried about. Thinking about something they don't even need to think about. Striving for something that they don't need to strive for and tearing apart stuff it could just be so good to just relax so it needs to stop let's take a few moments I just want to pray And uh, maybe God will lead you to maybe hate something in your life more than you want to coddle it. To hate something in your life, to change some things around so that you're not dwelling on the wrong things. And you're not uh, allowing the wrong things to fill your headspace. Maybe hate something in your life enough a comparison or a jealousy, whatever the root of that in your life enough to plant and to 
put other thoughts into your heart and your mind, to grab hold of thoughts that the Holy Spirit is really forming in you. Beautiful things, wholesome things, good things that he's putting into you. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I pray a freedom over our hearts and lives tonight. I pray a mercy. I, I pray a grace to be poured out into us. That, that, God, you would set us at liberty right where we're at. And what that means, God, to our lives tonight. I pray a liberty over us. I pray a freedom over us. I pray, God, a release from, from trying to compare and, and trying to measure up to what? That person, that those people or whatever. I don't even know. But set us free, God, from that. I pray we find ourselves in just a, a loving place with you. We find ourselves in a place of peace with you. That God, we find ourselves in a place of spiritual prosperity with you and a fullness with you. Not worried about that person or this guy over here or, or who likes who or whatever. But just really a place of, and I mean prosperity, spiritual prosperity with you right where we're at. I pray you'd fill us, fill us to overflowing. Fill our account. Help us to see the riches that we have with you. Help us to see the riches we have in our relationship with you. Help us to see the riches there are with you, Jesus. And not worry about that person over there, what he or she has, or this person over here. Teach us. Teach us. I pray for some of us that a mental discipline would be established in us. Something new. Something powerful to be established in us as a discipline over our thoughts. As thoughts wander through, as, as things drift in and out of our hearts, our minds, God, that there would be a discipline a new discipline over those hearts and over those minds. Jesus, a Holy Spirit-empowered discipline. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Shore <laughs> 
Bless you, Lord. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Thank you, God. Yeah, make it so, God. If we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, good to see everybody tonight. Thank you for coming out. Blessings on you.